Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just amazed every time the, um, the worship uh, and the prophetic words just flow together with what I'm about to say. The one particular, I think it was the first song, it says, Dance Like the Weight Has Been Lifted. Well, I just got weight and I'm 257, so I'm trying to dance like the weight has been lifted, but it's just a little tough. So maybe I need to do something about that. Hey, hey, about that, Lynn. Amen. But the other, uh, laying all seriousness aside, the other ones were really great. <laughs> that just was on my mind. Uh, I'm going to say something that will probably challenge your, your theology, but let me finish what I'm going to say because um, I believe that um, you'll see... See my way. The the first, but first of all, I wanted to say several weeks ago I started a message. Uh, it was right after the new year on uh, being empowered in 2020, and I want to continue that thought. But uh, I wanted to add a, add a few things. First of all, the the base scripture of that was uh, uh, where the word of the Lord spoke to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. And I'm and my focus has been on the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, and not just with the gifts, and that but that's included in that. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want, but I want you, I want to show you that everything in your life can be empowered by the Holy Spirit for success, and I want to use that in a broad sense because some of us have just one idea of what success looks like. Or the word profit. A lot of times we hear the word profit, and it's narrowed down to just mean finances, which it does mean finance, but you can profit in your marriage, you can profit in your business, you can profit in your relationships, you can profit in everything in life. So the thing I want to say to you that um, could challenge your theology is that Jesus' main mission in life was the, was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins, and the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. But in reality, that's all true, but in reality, the new birth is just the first stage of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because even when Jesus said in John, John chapter 3, you must be born again, if you look at the whole context of that scripture, you will see that he's talking about, about the Spirit. The wind blows where it will, and he says, 
You cannot tell where it comes, where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. So yes, the yes, the new birth is is important. The going to heaven instead of hell is important. But the reality is, is that God wanted His people baptized in the Holy Spirit so that they could live the life of Christ and continue the life of Christ on the earth and so that his kingdom could arise. Can you say amen? Amen. So I just want to give you some scriptures. Uh, I do not have the time to go through all the scriptures in the Old Testament talking about the Holy Spirit of God, but it's a great study. But I just want to give you a few things. One is in Genesis chapter 2, and I want to look at verse 7. God had made man. Now, there the two words for uh, one, there's one Hebrew word used for making man, which means squeezed. God took the clay and squeezed man. But the other word for when he made woman was handcrafted. Ooh, how about that? We ought to get some amens on that. So the men were squeezed out of the mud and the women were handcrafted out of from the rib. God took a little more time. But aren't men aren't you glad? How would you like to be married to another mud ball? You would I, I'm glad he handcrafted women, tell you the truth. But anyway, with that said. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. I'm here to tell you that that's not, he just blew some air. Because I thought about this this morning. I've, I've seen people on life support, and they have air being pumped into them. Pumped in, pumped out, pumped in, pumped. Didn't give them any life at all. But the life, when God breathed into man, he breathed his spirit into man, and man became a living soul. To me, this is the first first sign to show that God's original purpose. Let me just say this. Even though man, man sinned and broke God's original purpose, God never detoured from his original purpose. That men and women were to rule and to reign on the earth that they were to have authority on the earth. And God never deviated from that plan. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you this morning that you are part of the plan that God wants to fill with the Spirit and cause you to rule and to reign and to bring the kingdom of God yes. here yes. on the earth. Yes. So he breathes his Spirit into man. Hallelujah. How many of you know that even in our breathing we inhale? And we exhale. How many of you know that just because you get filled with the Holy Spirit one time, you're not going to stay filled with the Holy Spirit? You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in. You. I want more and more. We used to sing a song in our charismatic Baptist church. I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. You know, I just didn't get one dose and that was enough. 
As a matter of fact, before I, uh, I was saved in when, I, uh, when I was young kid, 67. That's 1967. I'm almost 67, come to think of it. But I got saved in 1967. I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit until 1976. And you know that through from 1967 to 1976, I struggled living the Christian life. I was in and out. I was up and down. I was, it was the roller coaster ride. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, when I received the Holy Spirit, when I began to, and, and believe me, I'm not just limiting the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues, but when I was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, I have remained faithful from that time on. That doesn't mean I was perfect. Turn to somebody and say, he wasn't perfect. Then you can say, because I wasn't either. The reality is, is that the, the Holy Spirit is given to us to empower us, not just to speak in tongues, not just to do the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to do that. That's all. I want all of that. But I want to tell you that everything in your life that needs to be empowered is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just want to share a couple of other scriptures with you on, uh, along that lines. Uh, well, just for thoughts, um, we know that in the book of Judges, have you ever read the book of Judges? The Bible talks in the beginning of the in the beginning of the book. It says every man did what was right in his own eyes. How do you think that worked out? I mean, I'm not looking for a response, but have you ever just did it your way? And I did it my. Who cares? How did it turn out? How did it work out for you? The reality is, is that we, if we do what is right in our own eyes, then we are going to end up in a mess. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in every area of our, and we, we don't just need the power, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He comes into us and we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and with the Father. <laughs> right now, anyway. So, where am I at? Okay. I was talking about judges. In judges, when they got in a mess, they had to have somebody filled with the Spirit to get them out of the mess. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. Now, we know Samson didn't have the most stellar testimony. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he delivered the Israelites from, uh, from the Philistines. And we could go on and on and on with that in the book of Judges. We also see that in the book of 1 Samuel, the, spirit, the Israelites got in trouble. They wanted a king, so 
So Saul became king, and the Spirit of the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he was changed into another man. He prophesied, but then when he decided, I'm going to do it my way, and he did what was right in his own eyes, he was rejected, and the Philistines were able to overpower him, and God had to raise up a new man by the name of David, and uh, Samuel poured the oil over his head, a, a sign of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and David delivered them from the hands of the Philistines. Can you say amen? So can you see that we are so in need of the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to give you another scripture. It's found in Isaiah 48. You might just want to look this one up or write it down. Verse 17 says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer. Can you relate to that? Is the Lord your Redeemer? All right, so this isn't just an Old Testament scripture just for the Jews. This belongs to us also. He says, The Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Turn to somebody and say, I need some of that. I need to learn how to profit, not just in my wallet and in my and in my checkbook, I need to learn how to profit in every area of my life. I need to learn how to profit when it comes to working with that boss that's just trying to put me down. I need to learn how to profit when it comes to my health. I need to learn how to profit when it comes to my mind. I need to learn how to profit when it comes to my, to my, social, my, my, my social connections. I mean, this is better. I mean, I was really, really kind of worried about what I was going to say <laughs> when I got up here, but it, I think it's working out. So he says, he says, your Redeemer is going to teach you to profit who leads you by the way you should go. You know what? If you're not going by the way you should go, you will not profit. Yeah. But if you hear the... Remember what we've talked about this a number of times. What is the kingdom of God to hear God and to obey because he's going to put you in the way that you will profit. Yeah. You'll profit. Yeah, but. Now, there's no yeah, but in this scripture. As we go on, it says, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments then your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. What did he say here? He said, if you will, if you would have listened to me, your peace would be like a river. I got peace like a river. Remember that song? I've got peace like a river. Now, when I think of a river, of course, you can think of the Susquehanna. But I'm thinking of the Missouri River. I was raised, as a kid, I, I was raised around the Missouri River. And you just looked at it and it just flowed smooth. It was real smooth. I would never swim in it. But it was just real smooth. You know, sheep, I, I understand that sheep will not drink out of troubled waters. 
They only drink, they only drink out of water that's smooth. Why? Because it, it, it causes them to fear. And he says, then your peace would be like, uh, then your peace would be like a river and your righteousness like the wave of the sea. Thank you, Jesus. And then I want you to go to uh, Joel chapter 2. And I want to begin in verse 28. And I want to say this, that this particular verse is a prelude to the new covenant. Let me just say this, that in the old covenant, the reason they had the rules and the law was because they rejected hearing the voice of God. They said, Moses, we don't want to hear God. We want you to hear for us, and we want you to tell us what God says. Well, God knew Moses wasn't going to be around forever. And so God had to lay down, give them the law as to what, how they were to live, how they were to approach God. And so they rejected the voice of God, but God, that was never God's intent to give them the law. God's intent was for them to live and all of us to live by the Spirit. Now, we also know that in the Old Testament, it was only a few that received the Spirit. The prophet, the priest, and the king. They were anointed. And when they were anointed, they were anointed so that the Holy Spirit would flow through them to help lead the people. Because again, if we look at history, the people didn't want to hear God. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want to hear God? For yourself. Yeah, pastor, I hear you talking every week and that, therefore I hear God. No, that is because what, what happens if you need to hear God on Wednesday night at one in the morning? Don't call me, baby. I keep my phone in the other room. It's charging. My phone is always charging. Besides, you're not supposed to have your phone next to your bed. It's not good for you. But I've had people call me in the middle of the night. And after I wake up, I'm pretty kind. <laughs> but you've got a direct line to, to God. You don't have to go to the prophet. You don't have to go to the priest. You, you yourself have a direct approach to God himself. And so this particular scripture in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 is a prelude to the New Testament, what the New Testament is supposed to be like because God is not happy with just a few people receiving the Spirit. He wants his whole people to receive the Spirit. I just want to tell you another, uh, this isn't a, a personal story, because it's back when Moses was around. But uh, Moses was supposed to pick out 70 elders and they were going to, he was going to pray for them so that his spirit could come upon them. So that he wouldn't have to do everything. You know, if you've got a few people, you can do everything. But when you have three million people, it's hard to take care of everybody. 
So Moses needed some help. And so God said, pick out 70 elders and you're going to pray for them and your spirit will come upon them. And so um, 68 of them came out with Moses. There's two of them that stayed in the camp. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, they began to prophesy. And Joshua said, Moses, command them to stop. And Moses said to Joshua, are you jealous for me? He said, I would, God, that all God's people were prophets. What's he saying? I wish, I wish the Spirit of God was in each and every one of them so that they could hear the voice of God, so they can walk in the ways and the power and the anointing of God. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about this so that you can be a good little Christian. I'm talking about this so that you can be filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and walk the life that Jesus walked. You know, I've only touched on the life of Jesus. I'm not there 100%, but I'm, I'm realizing that if I want more of Jesus, I need to cry out for more of his Holy Spirit. More, 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 Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Did I ever, I never read that scripture, did I? We're in Joel. Where is Joel anyway? In Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Say all flesh. Why did he say all flesh? Because before it was only the prophet, the priest, and the king. But God says in his new covenant, I'm going to do the, the way I originally planned so that all of them can be filled with my Spirit. Then he, got, then he uh, gets a little more specific. He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. I'm not there yet. I don't dream. <laughs> Maybe daydreams. I'm a daydream believer. Too young. You want me to sing it for it? No. <laughs> oh, yes. Your sons, your, your young men shall see visions and also on my men's servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Not only did he say your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, he said the lowest of the low, your men's servants and your maid servants. So he's, he's not limiting it to just, even just the sons and the daughters. He's saying the servants are going to be filled with my spirit. And then I want us to jump on down to verse 32. It says, And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is the, this, the salvation of our soul is the preparation for our, for, of our bodies so that our bodies can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Once I am saved, once I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit has free access to come into me. So that, and not that it were perfect. Our spirit is born again, but how many of you know that soul 
needs to be renewed. Because I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Yeah. We are, so, we are so in love with our soul because our soul has been in control. But when, we, when our spirit man becomes in control and our soul becomes submitted to our spirit because our spirit is hearing God, when our spirit is hearing God and our soul is under control, then we begin to walk like and act like Jesus and we begin to profit prophet. Speaking of prophet, in, uh, what is that? Uh, Psalm 1, he said, whatever you set your hand to will prosper. Now, what is a whatever? It's not a whatever. You know, there's just the way you say things that define it. Whatever I put my hand to will prosper. As I'm filled with God's Spirit, as I'm filled with His Word, as I'm filled with all that, whatever I put my hand to will prosper. Uh, Joseph is is the example of that. Whatever he did, wherever he went, you might end up in jail. Hey, if that's where God's taking me, forget it. If he puts you in jail, you're going to be running the jail. Wherever he puts you, he wants you to prosper. You say, well, I'm in jail at my job. Well, get filled with the Spirit. Stay filled with the Spirit, and he's going to cause you to prosper. Some of you act like, oh, man, he's been a preacher. He don't know what I'm dealing with. I wasn't always a preacher. I was in the United States Navy. My first title was maggot. Then I graduated to squirrel. And then I can't even tell you the other names they called us. I wasn't always in the peaceful places. That's why I have to pause when I'm preaching. Because I might say something from the old days. Oh, he's getting in the spirit. No, he's just collecting his thoughts. I need more of your spirit, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help, help me, Jesus. All right. Ooh. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And what is, what is the primary mission of Jesus? And I am not taking away from salvation because you have to be saved. But notice what John says in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 11, he says, I baptize 
you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So we see here the person that knew Jesus the best and was describing what he was going to do said that Jesus was going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I'm not taking away from, I'm not taking away from being born again. You have to be born again to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what I mean, and uh, I don't have time to get, in, to, to get into all that, but what you're thinking of baptizing the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking of a broader term. I'm not just talking about you getting prayed for, getting filled with the Spirit, and speaking in other tongues. That's just a part of it. That is just a part of it. I'm talking about you being so filled with the Holy Spirit that you live the life of Christ, not just as a good boy and girl. You understand what I mean by that? I'm talking about you living the life of Christ so that you demonstrate what Christ was demonstrating. Can I get an amen? All right. Well, that was the introduction. So thank you, Jesus. So, how do we, how, well, I've already told you how we are empowered, how we're going to be empowered to live in 2020. But I want to give you a little more uh, specifics for us individually. I want to, I want us to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. And I want to talk about the power of purity. The power of purity. It's not just enough to be positionally pure, because God sees us, God sees us as blameless. That you may be holy and blameless in his sight. God already sees you that way. But I want to live that way. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. That's about when you, after you're saved, you're the temple, so that God comes to live on the inside of you. As he said, I will dwell in them, I will walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Now, let me define that a little bit. He's not telling you to leave the world. He's not telling you to quit your job because there's so many ungodly people there. No, 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 no. He's just telling you don't be conformed to the lifestyle of the world because if you come out of the world, who's going to get them saved? We complain about, we, we have complained about where God has put us, but you're the only light there. Yeah. Yeah. You're the only light there, and God wants your, your little light to shine. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. And the darker it is, the brighter it shines. Yeah. He goes on to say, come out from among them, be ye separate, do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. 
I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. And then he goes on into the next chapter, which in the Bible, the original Bible, there was no chapters and verse. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I want to tell you to the reason, you know, you can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. I have discovered that the more I ask for the more I ask for the Holy Spirit, the more power I have over those things that so easily beset me. But if you're there, you get, you're just struggling to be a good, and you, you're just struggling to be a good boy. You're just struggling to be a good girl. You're doing everything you can to do it. And, I, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the indwelling. You say, I've already been prayed for. You leak. <laughs> you are a leaky vessel. And so you need more. You breathe it in, you breathe it out. You breathe it in, you breathe it out. You need more. You need more of the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me just say this before I forget it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now that verse didn't mention the Holy Spirit, but he is the spirit of righteousness. In, in Spanish, they say, Espiritu Santo, spirit of sanctification, spirit of holiness. He is the Holy Spirit, therefore he is holy. And so uh, the more the more we are asking him to be involved in our lives, the more we are naturally, by our spirit, supernaturally going to flow in purity. You know, I haven't, I've never hid the fact that I have had a temper. You act like I never said it before. I've never hidden the fact. You're driving along at a certain speed and somebody whips out in front of you, throwing gravel on your car. And then they slow down to 20 miles an hour. That does not float my boat. But the more I'm filled with the Spirit, the more I'm able to bless them in a good way. Thank you, Jesus. I am so thankful that uh, God is able to make me perfect. Because I sure can't. I cannot make myself perfect. I've tried. I've tried to be a good boy. But I need help. I need help. And so this is what this is talking about. He says... But he says here in verse 7, he says, Therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What promises is he talking about? He's talking about the promise of having our house filled with the spirit of God so that we can cleanse ourselves from the flesh 
and of the Spirit. And uh, let's just go to another one. I love this verse. I especially love verse 1. He says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Now, that's not just to read that verse and then just go right on. He's telling you to take pause to think about the love that God has for you. Jesus has even told us in his earthly ministry, he says, the Father loves you as much as he loves me. Wow. That's hard for me to take in because I don't even love myself that much. I'm better. How many, always, how many of you always think about the wrong things you've done? Then you haven't forgiven yourself. Why haven't you forgiven yourself? Because you don't like yourself. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see what you're doing. I do see a few heads, but other than that. Now, if I put my glasses on, then I can tell what you're doing. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hate to say the power, but we need his power, but we need him. I need you. It's just like saying, I need the power of Jesus. Well, no, you need Jesus. I need the power of the Father. No, you need the Father. We need a personal thing with him. But he says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. In other words, he's not ashamed of you. Hey, God, I'm going to see this now. (laughs) He wants to see, he wants to show you that he is not ashamed of you. Now, the problem is not with God. Turn to somebody and say, God's not the problem. God's not the problem. Who would be the problem then? Oh, it must be the pastor. No, this is between a personal relationship with Jesus, right? So in that personal relationship, if there's not a problem with God, who would be the problem? The problem would be us because he is not ashamed of you. So if we are ashamed of ourselves, then we've got to correct the problem. And how do we correct the problem? By asking for the Spirit to renew our mind. He says in in Ephesians chapter 1, he prays that we would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. In other words, our eyes are looking in the dark, but when the spirit opens our eyes, we see clearly, we see clearly the thoughts that God has towards us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Have you ever noticed when you really start acting like a Christian and you come out of hiding, the, the world doesn't like it? Well, don't take it personally. The Bible says here they didn't like him either. He says, beloved, now. Somebody say now. Well, let's say beloved. You are beloved. 
What does that mean? Be loved. Allow yourself to let the Father love you. Tear down the walls that we have between ourselves and the Father and allow the grace of God, the love of God, the peace of God to flow to you so that you can receive his love that that he loves us. Beloved, now we are the children of God and and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. I believe, this is my personal thinking, that the more I am filled with the Holy Spirit, the more I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me, I'm going to see him. And the more I see him, the more I am going to be like him. He didn't say the more you act like a Christian, you'll be like him. He said the more you see him. So what is the key to living a victorious Christian life is seen by the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing Jesus so that you will be empowered to be like him. But then he goes on to say this. He says, and everyone that has this open himself purifies himself as he is pure. So if there is something that comes along that I know that I shouldn't be involved in, I need to reject that. need to reject it. Oh, you're getting, you're, you're bringing me under the law. I'm not bringing you under the law. I'm bringing you freedom. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, since you said that, I might as well go to uh, uh, John chapter 8. Are you getting anything? Where are you, John? I see you. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. Jesus was talking, and amazingly, he got some people to believe who he was. So he says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, believed him, if you abide in me and my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then they begin to say, well, hey, we're Abraham's seed, and we've never been in bondage to anybody. I mean, if you don't even have to be a historian to realize that they are out of their minds. How many of you know that they were children of Abraham when they were in bondage in Egypt? How many of you know that they were children of God when they were captive in Babylon? Um, and they were, they were in bondage to the Philistines. They were in bondage to the Midianites, you know. And now, who, who's in charge? The Romans. The Romans are in charge. We have never been in bondage to anybody. Man, they must have been a daydream believer. <laughs> because they just daydreamed all their cares away. But Jesus goes on to say this. He says... Um, They said, well, hey, we've never been in bondage to anybody. How can you say you can make us free? Jesus answered them and said, most surely I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You'll be in free indeed. In other words, when God, when the Holy, when Jesus and the Holy Spirit 
comes to live inside of you and breaks the power of sin, you become a son of God, a daughter, sons and daughters of God, and you are made free from the power of sin. So more Lord, more Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So with that, we can get started on the message. But I'm going to get you out of here. Because I like to go home, too. I get hung, hungry. But anyway. So what does the Spirit bring us? What's the Spirit bring us? Well, we know from Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, there is, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. What does the spirit do? He he sets you free from the law of sin and death. Some of you are free free and don't know it. Some of you are struggling and you don't know that you're already free. Some of you sitting in jail with the door wide open. Say, well, how would you know that? Well, I've been in jail. And I was behind the bars. I was 18, so don't worry. It's nothing nothing recent. (laughs) I was behind the bars. And you know, this is so amazing. It just... Every time I think about it, it just tickles me. When I'm in there, I'm laying, they didn't have a mattress. It was a steel slab was the bed. And there's bars above, bars, bars, except for the two sides. So I'm laying there on that steel slab, and man, God comes and visits me. As a matter of fact, I read in the scripture today, the Lord loves the prisoner. You know, and even if it's your fault, he still loves the prisoner. So I was laying there, and he didn't say anything to me, but on the inside, I felt as free as I'd ever been, as I'd ever felt. Who was that? That was the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was comforting my spirit to let me know that even though I was in jail, I was free. And eventually the door opened and I walked out. It wasn't by God, but it did open. It was a kind of a misdemeanor thing. It wasn't murder or anything. So, <laughs> so don't get... I don't know. I better, I don't know. I want to go back there. He might do something. It's just a misdemeanor. Some of you should be in jail, should have been in jail. You just didn't get caught. Amen. How about that? How about them chiefs? Huh? All right. Yeah. Better luck next year. Anyway, because I've been saying it for 50 years. Anyway, let me just give you this little list here. 
So the Spirit of God is not just, not just doesn't come upon you to manifest in church. I want to tell you, the Spirit of God goes everywhere you go. And if you will allow Him, He will speak to you, and you will manifest the glory of God wherever you go. There is a, um, uh, well, I'll just read the Scripture. It's... Um, Exodus 3, or 31, verse 3. And um, there was a man by the name of Baziel, and they were getting ready to make the tabernacle. And so God put his spirit upon Baziel and some other people. And the Lord says, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. There is a diamond, uh, basil, uh, well, anyway, there's, there's a diamond named after the, actually this guy because he was, he was so gifted by the Holy Spirit, he crafted the jewels that went into the, um, the breastplate. You know, there was 12 stones on the breastplate plus the Urim and the Thurim that was inside. That's how they could tell what God wanted them to do. But anyway, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man, and he was able to do work with his hands to create exactly what God wanted him to create. Now, let's just bring this into our lives. Do you know that you can be anointed by the Spirit of God to do what you do? Almost sounds like a song, doesn't it? You can be anointed by the Spirit of God to do what you do at work, to do what you do at home, no matter where you're at. If you will, if you will listen to the Holy Spirit, He will anoint you to do it. Also, the Spirit of God helps you. He will actually, do you know that God will actually come on the wicked to help you? Say, man, I hate working for that guy. He's wicked. Well, do you know that God could anoint him? In Ezra chapter 1, it says, Now the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus, king of Persia, was a wicked king. But God had prophesied 140 years before and said, I'm calling you Cyrus. He says, that, he says that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be, might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout the kingdom. And also, in other words, what Cyrus, the, the decree of Cyrus was to let the people that, of Israel that were in bondage in Babylon, to let them go. And he also gave them money to build the temple. So it doesn't matter how wicked people are, God can turn them around to bless you. Problem is, if we curse those that curse us, didn't Jesus say something about that? I think he said to bless those that curse us. Why? Because God might be looking for an opportunity not only to bless them, but also to bless you. Yes, good Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we also, we, this is another scripture of confirmation, but the Spirit gives us life. Job 33, verse 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Also, the Spirit lifts up a standard against your enemy. Now, I know none of you got enemies. No, you're so quiet. Almost, you almost have me believe in it. But he says in Isaiah 59, 19, he says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his, and his glory from the rising of the sun, which would be the east, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. For he will come like a raging flood. This is the Spirit. All right. And dry. All right. So let me just give you a couple of. Because some people have said when the Spirit, Spirit of the Lord come, when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood. Let me just prove to you that that's not what that means. It means when the Spirit, when the enemy comes like a flood, the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. When Pharaoh and his army was in the middle of the Red Sea, was it the Spirit of God that became the flood or the enemy? No, the enemy was chasing them. The Spirit of God came in like a flood and destroyed the enemy. You might not be familiar with this, but uh, there was a general that was fighting against uh, the Israelites. His name was Sisera. The, uh, and Deborah called Barak and said, you're, you're supposed to go out and fight these guys. But see, the Israelites didn't have any chariots. And the other army did. So anyway... He decides, I'm not going to go unless you come with me. He, he, says, uh, he says to Deborah, I'm not going unless you come. Now, why do you, why do you think he said that? Because she had the Spirit. She had the Spirit. Hang with the people with the Spirit. So anyway, here they come with chariots, and it was down by a river. It, you have to piece this together. But actually what happened was a mighty rain came down, the flood came, the chariots got stuck in the mud, and the Israelites were able to defeat the enemy. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit will lift up a standard against him. Oh, it's raining. Well, your flood might be coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just cry out for more, more of your spirit, more of your anointing, more of your power. Father, we cry out, Lord God, that the sword of the spirit would be a part of our vocabulary. Father God, that the enemy would not stand a chance. But Lord God, I pray for each and every one that there would be a hunger. Lord, I'm sure each and every one has been saved. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but Lord, there's more. 
So I'm just asking for more, and I'm just asking you to pray. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come up. But I'm going to ask you, if you want more of this, then to begin to pray, Lord, I'm asking for more of your spirit. I'm asking for more of you to take control of my life. I'm asking for for you, Lord God, to feed my spirit, Lord God, with the with the uh, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I would know what is the hope of my calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to ask, just nobody looking around, I'm just going to ask you, if you want more of the Lord, just raise your hand to him and just say, Lord, I want more. I want more. I want more. I want you to fill me, Lord. I have been I've been filled in the past, but Lord, I want more. Thank you, Jesus. You may put your hand down. Thank you, Father. I'm going to ask the healing team to come up at this time. If you're here today and um, you say, well, you know, I don't, you can come on up. I don't know uh, if my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's a good time to ask these, these people can lead you in that. You say, I just want Jesus. I just want more. And they'll be happy to help you.